This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Chris McCann is a tech business and thought leader specializing in helping successful people and companies remember who they are and align their life with their purpose. After many years of professional striving at the expense of personal development, he awakened to the need to cultivate an inner life. Chris charted a new course prioritizing professional achievement led by personal meaning by studying the world's greatest spiritual texts, training with prominent spiritual leaders, and developing the tools required to navigate life and find real purpose. Chris, welcome to the show. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here, Mark. Good morning to you. Well, it's good morning, and let me give a little inside baseball to if you've never listened to the show before. We just recorded this episode yesterday. Yes, on May 6th. You're hearing this on May 7th. So it was morning when we recorded this. I don't know when you're listening to it, but it always amazes me. And a matter of fact, when I told you the episode will be out the next day, you're like, wow, most wow. people don't do that. So we literally, this is, don't touch your podcast player, my friend, because the ink is still wet. This is so <laughs> brand new. It just came off the presses, but I'm, I'm thrilled you're here. And I can already tell you're going to have the great energy because I know my audience and they don't do boring very well. Mm. They can listen to any podcast in the world and they want someone who's going to inform them, but also going to keep them entertained. So you got the energy and I'm really passionate about your topic and you gave me a lot of things you want to talk about today. So I don't know what fork I should go. Should I go straight, left, right? So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to throw the ball to you. What would you like to lead off the show with today that would give benefit to my listeners? You know, I, um, I always like to go left. It could be a soft left. Um, <laughs> you know, when I was spending time thinking through, you know, what would be relevant to connect on today? the word mentor came to mind. And this is a journey that I'm on currently in my professional life. I've had the great fortune professionally, Mark, of bringing two technology products to market. Uh, we had one successful exit with, a, with an e-commerce platform called Commerce Tools. And subsequently, I went to work where I was running or am running sales for another company called Content Stack. We're sister companies uh, backed by the same private equity firm. And I've gone through this journey professionally over the last year and a half where we've changed our leadership team and we hired a chief revenue officer who is... 54 or 55 years old. So he's got a good five or six years on me. And where I thought that I was prepared to be a chief revenue officer for a software company. And then I met Todd and oh boy, there is such a discernible gap in what he knows and how he operates relative to where I thought that I was that I quickly determined that I need a mentor outside of my current employer who can help me see around corners, uh, who can help me think like someone who's been there and done that from a C-level perspective. I have coaches, trainers, mentors in all parts of my life, be it nutritionists, um, when I was training for triathlons and CrossFit competitions, from a spiritual perspective, uh, a couple of teachers as well. And then, of course, I learned an awful lot from you know my friends and my wife and my sons. 
But professionally is where I determined there was a gap. And for so much of my life, Mark, I thought that I could figure it all out on my own and that there was something to be said for being self-made. The reality is, why would I not hack (laughs) my own way and leverage other people's experiences, admit that there's something that I don't know, and work on becoming a more well-rounded professional in person? You know, Uh, you said something really key right there. I want to make sure people understand. There is no badge of honor for you taking the rocky path next to the cliff that falls into a gorge when if you go the other direction you have someone who's already navigated that and i don't know why not everybody but a lot of people like well i know i have to go through the hard times why you can get a mentor that says look at don't step here uh, avoid this place here step on this rock That doesn't mean you're weak. I think if anything, it makes you smarter because you want to get to your destination faster. Well, why not go with someone who has been there? For example, I don't think, by the way, your mentor has to be someone you meet in person. Someone that's mentoring me now from a distance is Grant Cardone. Hmm. I'm being mentored through his books, through his coaching program, uh, his 10X Growth Gone. So you don't have to have a physical, in-person, in-the-flesh, eyeball-to-eyeball mentor. But Grant is teaching me how to become a good salesperson without Mm -hmm. going through the 35 years of pain he went through. That's remarkable. And so when you speak of Grant, and I can see physically and just feel how you feel about your relationship with him and his teachings. Where do you feel that in your body? Where, when, and it, because you're going to read a book from someone and there are certain aspects that stick. There are aspects that resonate. And then there might be some things that don't resonate. So how do you then Mark discern what's relevant for you and then what you can leave behind? The best way I can explain it, Chris is When I learn something that I'm really excited about, I feel like I was a little boy at Christmas morning Mm. seeing what Santa Claus brought me. (laughs) That's, that's the feeling. That's the best way I can explain the feeling. When I, when I read or learn something that resonates with me, that's the feeling I am feeling. Mm. Conversely, I hated surprises. I grew up Catholic. And so there's something to be said for the conditioning that we operate under, you know, based on learned structures or systems that we grow up in, you know, via our family, friends, school, et cetera. I hated surprises so badly that I would actually, and I've already shared this with my parents. So my father likes to listen to podcasts and episodes, <laughs> but I would, um, I would go hunting around the house at Christmas for <laughs> presents. And I became very deft with a knife and tape and opening the present, determining what was there so that I could manage my own expectations. <laughs> That's hysterical. (laughs) Until there was one day I opened up a box and it was the family present. We always had one family present that was under the tree. And I opened it up and out came a crucifix. And I was like, oh boy, I'm going to hack. This is it. I'm being punished for this. This is God (laughs) trying to tell me. Right. Uh, but I've gotten better at that for sure. But it's it, it is interesting. And so we have these reference points largely from experiences that we had when we were uh, a little less 
a little less cluttered with, you know, life experience where we just feel on purpose and things would resonate with us. It's like, yeah, this feels good. This feels true. This feels right. And we lose that as adults. Most of us do. And only when I began to kind of reconnect with those reference points on how I would operate as a, as a kid, as a young person, and, and what felt good. And I realized I could actually take those feelings and those sentiments and the activities and the adjectives and how I would spend time and employ that as an adult, as a grown-up in the professional world. Example, you know, when I was in my mid-30s, I had children when I was very young. Uh, my first son was born two weeks after I turned 20, and then I had my second son when I was 22. So I spent the next 10 to 15 years in jobs that I didn't like, doing things that didn't feel right, struggling, uh, couldn't get out of my own way. And at some point, it was no longer cute. You can get away with it when you're in your 20s, <laughs> early 30s, but right around 35 to 38, it's like, well, I should probably figure this out because... <laughs> What I don't want to do is live in some crappy apartment in the southwest suburbs of Chicago and just muddle through life. And I'm sure you've gone through significant trainings and read, we've probably read many of the same books, uh, given that we're in, in relatively similar fields in terms of sales. And I would run across this notion of whatever it was that you spent time working on when you were six years old, seven year old, eight years old, nine years old, the things that would capture your attention are probably more aligned with your purpose. And that's where you should build a career. Now, unfortunately, the things that I love doing, I love to paint, I love to draw, I love to write, I love to go for walks and listen to music on my Sony Walkman and stare at the stars. Uh, I love to Sony create. Walkman. Wow. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We're going to the Wayback Machine. Yeah. <laughs> and... You know, I would, um, another example would be if something didn't exist, I would go create it because I just didn't know any better. Growing up in the middle of Michigan, and I did have occasion to go to the West Coast of Michigan and go play volleyball from time to time. And I wanted to play volleyball. Now, there wasn't men's volleyball teams in the Midwest that I was aware of when I was 16 and 15 years old. So that's late 80s. So I created a team and we ended up finding folks in Jackson County, Michigan, who actually were senior Olympians that volunteered to coach us. We built a team and we would travel around the state of Michigan and go play. There was, so if it didn't exist, I didn't know that I couldn't go create it. And so coming back to my mid to late thirties, it's like, well, I love to create. I used to love looking at my baseball cards and working on advanced analytics and data. I love to lead. I used to coach my brothers and sisters teams. And, you know, again, if something didn't exist from a sports perspective, I'd go create it. And I started to distill down what are those adjectives, right? And how do I then use the things I'm inherently and naturally proficient in to go build a career, go build a life that could sustain the other work that I want to do. So the answer was sales. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's been a really interesting journey and, you know, I get to create, I love looking at data. Um, I love to lead management is something that I'm getting better at. 
And because it feels so natural, it's almost as if I'm not really working. Does that make sense? It, it does. It does. And I remember when I was fired from my corporate job back in 2005 mm-hmm. and I became an entrepreneur, couldn't spell it, didn't know what it was, but I wanted to become one because I heard everyone else was an entrepreneur. And I, it took me a while to get my, my feet under, you know, to get my feet, get running the right direction. And I remember at one point I created a course and I really thought <laughs> that because Mark Stucheski created a course I would become a quadrillionaire. Well, guess what? If you build it, they probably won't come. (laughs) And then I tried again, and that didn't do anything either. Mm -hmm. And I kept hearing things from Zig Ziglar and Mm -hmm. Jeffrey Gittimer. You got to sales, sales. Everyone's a salesman. Whether you call yourself a salesperson or not, we're all in sales. The best sales people in the world are kids, especially Mm -hmm. around nine or 10 years old. Mm -hmm. But- I, I was just saying, oh, I don't want to do sales because I equated sales with the the used car salesman, you know, with the yeah. stain on the shirt and the, the tie too big and the greased haircut. I did not know what sales truly was. And it wasn't until, believe it or not, until September 2021, I went to a boot camp with Grant Cardone. Now, I've read his books before then, but it didn't resonate with me. When mm-hmm. I went to that three-day boot camp weekend, it's like I it's almost like I had to hear about sales for years upon years and then something just clicked the light bulb went off of my head. And that's why going back to the mentorship because mm-hmm. you asked me how I feel when something resonates with me. Mm-hmm. I've had those coaches where the pre-call you feel really great but then the next call, you feel like you sneaking around looking at your Christmas presents from your family. And you're like, oh, this is not what I thought it was going to be. And so the feeling with me being mentored by Grant Cardone from a distance has maintained since September 2021. Mm-hmm. I've had other coaches where it kind of fell flat. And I think that the listener, when they go get a mentor or a coach or whatever to shortcut their their or distance between where they are now and where they want to be because that's where their mentor is. You have to, there's no magic formula. You got to listen in your heart and in your mind. Is this person really going to take me to where I want to go? Where are they really? Because a lot of people, you know this, Chris, on social media, they're taking pictures in front of private jets. Grant does it. He's got GC on there because he really owns the jet. But a lot of people taking pictures in tuxedos and, you know, getting, you know, photographers and stuff like that. But how real are they? And I want to emphasize with anybody, I don't care who you listen to, whether it's Chris or me or Grant or Gary Vaynerchuk or Tony Robbins, make sure whoever you're following is legit. Because in the age of social media, you can look legit, but doesn't mean you are legit. And if you attach your star to the wrong mentor, it's going to cost you time because then when you finally come to your senses, then you have to get deprogrammed from what they told you and then go find another mentor. So listen to your heart, listen to your mind, because your body will tell you, I don't think they're legit. Am I Am I on? off track on that do you feel overwhelmed and frustrated are you under a lot of stress there's a better way you only get one life so why not feel peace and freedom and enjoy your life you can 
Find out more at 90daystobustingoverwhelm.com. No, you're absolutely right. And this is where discernment becomes yes, that's paramount. That's what I was looking for. Right. And there are teachers that I'll encounter. And anyone or even any exchange could be a teacher. It could be when I was at the art supply store and this individual was certainly having a rough day. And then given where we live in Santa Monica, Venice, you know, someone came in off the street and was urinating in the aisle of the store. Oh my goodness. And it's that exchange was very much a teaching opportunity and also an opportunity for me to learn. They're, they're everywhere if we're open to it. But just because someone has a certain pedigree and shares something with you, if it doesn't feel right, if it doesn't resonate, that doesn't mean that the teacher isn't effective. How we define learning becomes even more important. And, you know, not everything is going to come through crystal clear. If it was that easy, you know, it would be like playing a game of Monopoly, right? And we have yes. breadcrumbs, cookie crumbs that are sitting around for us to go nibble on. Discernment is something that I've worked fastidiously on and listening to where it feels right in my body. You know, listening is not something that is purely an auditory experience. It's okay. I could, because of my ADHD um, and my passionate demeanor, um, you know, sometimes I can overreact. My emotional intelligence is very high and it's been tested, you know, multiple times. And I feel confident that from an EI or EQ perspective, I'm there. But that doesn't mean that I can't be passionate or excited. Being able to discern what is meant for me has made a significant difference in my relationship with teachers and mentors. And I just listen to where I feel it in my body. It's like, okay, this is good. But not everything that comes out of Dan's mouth is going to be something that's meant for me to internalize and take it as if it's gospel, mm. right? I, I have a propensity for steampunking my life. And I have a friend of mine who's a president of a technology company. He'll see me coming around the corner and he's like, here comes Mr. Complicated, right? <laughs> so I, I would put together this elaborate machine that would simply be able to drop an egg into boiling water. And it's like, why do we do this to ourselves? Why do we make it harder than it needs to be? Mm. Right. And being able to, you know, I have a saying, I say complexity is the gateway to procrastination. And again, <laughs> remember we talked about the badge of honor earlier. I think people will think to themselves, no, this is too simple. I got to make it more complicated. No, is it doing what you want it to do? And mm -hmm. so I, I just, it drives me nuts when people want to make things more complex. And, yes. you know, I think it's funny when you said, here comes Mr. Complicated, because you know, I laugh at it, but it doesn't need to be complicated. And I think a lot of people, especially people in the IT, the coders, they mm -hmm. like to make things really complicated, like Steve Jobs. I, I'm an Apple fanboy, read all of Steve Jobs biographies and stuff like that. And he wanted the font a certain size. He wanted the inside of the, the Macs and the phones a certain way. Now, did he overcomplicate it? The case could be made so. But most computers you open up, it's like it's a wreck. But you open up any 
Apple product and it's very pristine. Not that most people are going to open up their phones, but he wanted to take that complexity because for him, it was important. But I would say from the end user, not so much. Well, Jobs also had hives. True. Right? And he, so that man, by the way, that man, the way his voice is, he could sell <laughs> snow to an Eskimo. I mean, when he talks, it's like, I don't know what he's selling, but I want to buy it. <laughs> he did billions of times over. Right. And, and so, you know, even, you know, Jobs had someone, um, a partner, right, who was completely Implicit in in taking these products to market, whose philosophy was clean, simple, right? And this comes back to having you know a, a mentor and a partner in these endeavors, and we don't know necessarily what form or shape they're going to take, but Jobs was smart enough, right, to recognize that he had, whether it was a conscious decision or not, that he needed someone to help keep him on track. I sometimes wonder, had he not passed away, what would the iPhone look like now? What would the, would there be an Apple Watch? Because Apple Watch, my understanding, was something from Tim Cook. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we'll never know because he passed away a number of years ago. But I would like to know how Apple would be now as if he was still here. I, I think about that from time to time. It's one of those mysteries we'll know the answer, never know the answer to. Well, what's interesting about Jobs and, and my understanding was his experience and experimentation with psychedelics or entheogenic substances. Yeah. Right. So the answer to that question lies within our own experience when we enter into non-ordinary states of consciousness. And so some of those answers are available through other mechanisms. Interesting. Interesting. Mm -hmm. You said something else I want to make sure the listener doesn't miss. Learning opportunities are everywhere. Mm. You don't have to go read a book. You don't have to go to a conference. You don't have to take a course. If you keep, I heard this phrase a number of years ago, your opportunity intent is up. You never know where you're going to learn that next lesson. Like I have learned productivity hacks from people stocking shelves at grocery stores. So don't say, oh, that person's not a salesperson. I can't learn from them. Or that person is not a Facebook ads creator. I can't learn from them. You have to keep your opportunity antennas up all the time because you never know when that learning opportunity is going to come. And I just want to make sure that the listener doesn't miss what you said about that. Well, a real life example of this is my, actually, it's my 15 year old son. He turned 15. Yes. Uh, on the 5th of May, a uh, 4th of May. And it's interesting, like his friend group is, is, you know, boys and girls or females and males, and some of them identify in, in other ways. And he's been trying to sell us on having a sleepover. But in his mind, it's a, it's a sleepover that involves, you know, all, all sexes or genders. He's like, well, we're friends. What does it matter? Now, he also identifies as someone who's curious in his romantic interests. And so Meredith and I are like, well, what's appropriate and what's not appropriate? And this kid is like a dog on a bone. And he has backed us into a corner and trying to understand, well, if this, then that. And if not, you know, um, if not Joe, then why not Kai or... 
and, and so it's given me an opportunity to make sure that I have well-founded, solid arguments as I'm being sold to on why something is not appropriate. And being able to employ that in my professional life with my, right now I have 10 direct reports and it's like show up for these conversations prepared, right? It doesn't mean you have to spend two or three hours, but you need to make sure that you are really authentic, what feels right for you, what feels right for our family and being able to defend that position. He's 15 and he's a master salesperson, right? And he can, he sniffs out a gap and then he gets in there and it's been a really healthy or healthy exercise for, you know, us as a family to come together. I can't imagine having this conversation with my parents. The answer largely would have been because I said so. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And I know that we as parents uh, and we're nailing this one from where I sit. Whereas with the first two, and I apologize, Holden and Zachary, you know, for not being as uh, efficient of a parent, you know, as I am today. Uh, but it's giving him life skills, and he's like, from a selling perspective, because he's going to want the keys to the car at some point. He's going to want to go on trips. Right. And it's, it's really cool. Right. So all of these opportunities exist, whether it's the, the person at the grocery store, or it's your children, or it's, you know, some folks at work that are interdepartmental or intradepartmental. Right. And only when we know who we are and are confident in our ability to be real in all of these transactions, I don't believe in work-life balance. I mean, one is the same as the other, and it's really an integration. And if I'm all over the place, energetically, attitudinally, intellectually, how can I be an effective teacher or mentor to others, right? And that's the flip side of this is if I'm seeking mentorship and teachers and other aspects of my life. It is as Sturgill Simpson said, turtles all the way down. And so there's someone over here, right. That can benefit from my experience. And I want to make sure that I'm clean and I'm clear and that this vessel is as empty as possibly can be. And so that I'm integral with what's going on around me and inside of me. Hmm. Very, very. I like how you shared the part about your your son, because I have a 24 year old daughter, <laughs> and you know when they go through the age of the teens, the parents are stupid. But she's 24 now. She's up in Kent University, finishing her mm-hmm. teacher college to go to to be a teacher, and she will still reach out to me and say, "Dad, what do you think about this?" Because I didn't force the issue. I didn't say, oh, "I am your father and I have all the answers." <laughs> I was just there for her. And I think when it comes to mentorship, and I'd like to wrap up the show talking about this, a lot of people try to go about mentors wrong. They're like, I got to find a mentor. I got to find a mentor. No, you're too uptight. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like if you're a Star Wars fan like I am, (laughs) Luke didn't go looking for Yoda. Okay. When he was ready, Yoda came to him. Yes. Okay. So, if you want, if you, you want a mentor, don't say my thing to do today is find a mentor. That's not how you do it. When the right person comes into your life, like we talked about feelings in their heart and our heads in the show today, you will know it. 
then you can start fostering a relationship. You don't go to mentorsrus.com and find a mentor. I mean, there are websites <laughs> out there, but that's not how a mentor works. You right. you have got to you've got to find the right one. Mm-hmm. And 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 correct me if I'm wrong, people are out there searching for mentors, and I don't think that's the right approach to this. No, it's it's gap analysis. Right. And it requires a certain vulnerability to proclaim to ourselves and to others. I don't know. Mm -hmm. You don't know what you don't know. I love that saying. Yeah. And it's once you get to a place in your life where it's like, okay, I've worked really hard. I've accomplished all these things. I've done everything I'm supposed to do. And yet, it doesn't feel right. Somehow I don't feel whole or there's an emptiness or there's like, really, is this it? When we begin to have those conversations with ourselves, then we're putting up our antenna, as you had mentioned earlier into, uh, we'll call it the cosmos, but you're putting up the antenna with things that are happening around us. And then it will appear. But first that conversation needs to happen internally and getting real and honest with ourselves and our experience and how we want to show up. Hmm. You know, I really enjoyed this conversation talking about mentors because I don't think I've talked a lot about it on the show. Hmm. And I think we gave people a lot to think about over their, over our time today, today, because it's really important that people understand the power of a mentor and keep in mind, like I said at the beginning, a mentor can also be an author. You could take someone's course. You could attend someone's mm-hmm. training. It doesn't have to be eyeball to eyeball. We live in 2022. There's this technology called zoom and, and phones. We have phones. You can call someone. So don't limit yourself and don't strain yourself finding a mentor. When you're ready, the teacher will appear. So um, Chris, I know people are going to want to know more about you and what you're doing in the world. So how can we do that? Mm. Um, widely available uh, just via the website, which is chrismccann.co. I really enjoy helping people find their own answers. It's something that I've worked on myself and have been working on for many, many years. And it's one thing to have someone tell you how you should be. It's another thing for someone to give me tools and Chris, right? And it's a really beautiful exchange. So. You know, locally here in Santa Monica, we do men's groups. I have two different groups that meet twice a month. Um, there's another group that meets around, you know, psychedelic integration work, which is really interesting. Um, but we also do retreats and the retreats are largely for men, although we get a nice mix of people um, that are executives and are working on becoming better leaders and operators in their own life. The next retreat that we're going to do in San Diego is in September. Um, I'll send you a link um, so we can put that up there for folks that might be interested. We get all walks of life. We get leaders from different organizations all over, well, all over this part of the world. and to come together and to reconnect with earth and to reconnect with themselves in a way that's so beautiful and freeing. Um, it's wonderful work. It's a privilege to be able to do it. And as much as I'm looking for help in other areas of my life, I love to be able to share what I've learned with other people. Excellent. Now this event coming up in September, will that be also on your website? It will be. It is. Okay, excellent. Okay. So the main thing is go to his website. Okay. 
and everything you want to know about Chris, all the events, everything is right there. So you don't have to go to other places. Just go to his website, chrismccann.com. That's with two ends, by the way. It's in the show notes, but I know most people don't look at the show notes. So it's two ends, M-C-C-A-N-N.com. Mm-hmm. Chris, thank you so much for being on the show today. It was a pleasure talking about mentorship with you. Mark, thanks for having me. It was a great way for me to start my day. I really appreciate it. And before we go, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stucheski podcast. I know that there is an endless stream of options for you in this day and age, but you took the time to listen to the episode, and I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Don't forget to head on over to top5productivitytips.com and get my gift to you, my top five productivity tips. Remember, it's the number five in top5productivitytips.com. They will serve you well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We'll see you again real soon.